All right. Welcome to the Flipside Podcast, where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And wow, today we have a very special guest. So some of you guys might know that I help with um, the Milk Room Podcast too, but we've got the Milk Room's very own Greg Monterosa on today. So yeah, there he is. So we're going to talk a little bit everything upside down and inside out in more of like an entrepreneurial context today, which is going to be a little bit different from the usual, you know, conversation. I like it. I like it. Good. (laughs) So anyway, um, I wanted to start out over here and be like, you know, we could go into, you know, because I know you like some meta stuff. I know you like a little bit of this and that, but. Um, going into the content that like other people have asked you a lot of questions about and how we can provide value to other people who might be listening. So I want to know how and why are you so inspired to help other people and what this whole movement is all about? How did this get started? Well, I realized that entrepreneurship is a very lonely world and it doesn't have to be that way. In actuality, as entrepreneurs, we thrive in communal environments we we thrive operating as tribes so what i quickly realized was the more people i helped level up the stronger it made my network so it created a really cool effect of where i could go on my linkedin and see who's where and you know i brought that person value at some point in my life so so it's a beautiful thing right when when you bring value and it's that whole attitude of planting a seed yeah, yeah. You got to. Because the day that you plant the seed isn't the day you watch it grow. So it's like, how do you plant that seed? And the heartbreak is that not everything grows, right? Ooh. So sometimes we get to witness people like go home. LA is that <laughs> kind of town where people show up with big hopes, big aspirations. But if there's no strategy, no plan, and no hustle behind what you're up to, it's going to be quick when you're headed back home so so it's really cool living in an environment like los angeles where we all have to continuously bring our a game right 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 and you're somebody that i think a lot of people can like you know they look up to for a specific reason it's because you you do what you say you do but also too i think um because you've seen so many of those people go home you kind of can learn by proxy like what not to do right right (laughs) So I can, how's it go? Like learn from their mistakes. I can create new ones. Right, right. You don't have to be the one that makes the mistake, which is nice. (laughs) So I want to ask you too, um, obviously you've been doing the entrepreneur thing for a while now, but like what was your earliest encounter with entrepreneurship and why was it the thing that you believe stuck in your life? Right. So Being first gen here in Los Angeles, uh, entrepreneurship is a way of life, right? So the think of like the street vendor, the person that opens up that business, like out of necessity and not so much as a flex, right? Or as like a I'm working on my passion thing. So so growing up, my grandmother would drag me to El Ivorio Market on Vermont and Pico to go sell tamales in the parking lot and talk about like a no ego exercise, right? Cause I'd be sitting there waving at friends I went to school with and not feeling embarrassed or anything. It was a thing we did. So from very early on, entrepreneurship was just something that taught me that 
my hustle determines how much I get out of it. So it's my way out the hood. And I like that because a lot of people, you know, throughout the years too, it's been more of a, a, a public conversation to talk about victim mentality. And so there's a lot of like, oh, but you know, how could you say that you're in control of everything when there's this, this, and this system that is out to get me or blah, blah, blah. And I like the attitude, you know, some people might disagree with this, but I like the attitude where it's like, no, it gives me power knowing that I'm in control of my own destiny. So is that kind of how you feel too with whatever entrepreneurship does for you? Totally. Because what ends up happening is there are so many programs globally that want to support entrepreneurs there's so many resources out there that'll allow you to create a product put it on a marketplace where people already shop for you to validate what you're up to platforms like printful make it really easy for an artist to upload their designs and just start monetizing what they're up to the nft world um, allowed artists like more than ever to create income off their art so all that's a form of entrepreneurship Yeah, true. And so I want to know too, um, you know, we're kind of talking about like the building point up to creating the milk room, but I want to know in your words, in your own terms, what is the milk room? Mm. So to me, the milk room is home to creatives. Um, So for the most part, we've been labeled as like misfits, outcasts, But the reality is that we've longed for a home and Milk Room is home to that independent artist that wants to build community, that wants to perfect their craft, that wants to leverage other people's knowledge, right? So we have a lot of people here that that'll just show up and bring value, whether it's through our podcast, through our social, or or just by being here. So to me, Milk Room is community. Um, But more importantly, it's like what the milk carton signifies to us. So there was a point in our lives where we all drank the same milk. So Milk Room is that. It pays homage to that era where we were all equal. We were all the same. So it's really cool. We do live shows here. We recently had a fashion show, which you were at. With uh, Thanks for pulling up. Uh, <laughs> th- that was a good time. But there's always a busy calendar here at Milk Room, and it's us supporting creatives. I love that. And so the, you know, the, the mini milk cartons, when you just had the choice of the chocolate milk or the regular milk, whatever it is, it's basically saying that, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be this complicated thing. Like we all kind of come from the same cloth, that same place, like each human, even no matter what generation it was, it's like, we all can just relate to that same thing. And drop like your guard, right? Like, how's it go? Like, when you release your tongue from the top of your mouth to like the bottom and it it creates a different sensation, something like that. That's something I realized I need to work on. Like, (laughs) our our tongue's not supposed to be on the top of our mouth. But like, if you're in yoga or meditation, they always say, you know, release the tongue from the top of your mouth, like you're saying. And that's supposed to put you more in your flow state and I'll notice my tongue's on the top of my mouth like there you go yeah you got to release that <laughs> so, and, so and, like and that. that's a trip right that's like us by default like why do I do that by default knowing that there's a sensation opposite of that so the same could be said for happiness and choosing happiness every now and right, then right right and so okay what's your take on happiness oh uh, that it's a choice 
So what ends up happening, a lot of people seek happiness in others and it's not there. Um, the beautiful thing was when I realized how my happiness lived within me. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was, I mean, yeah, enough said. Like that was, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's pretty much what happened to me too when I started to recognize like, okay, nobody's going to be doing this for me. Nobody's coming to rescue me. And so what am I going to do on a daily basis uh, to create that happiness for myself? And I think like, you know, I can see it in you. And I think that when you meet people who have recognized that little, you know, shift in life where it is a choice, you start noticing they're the happiest people that you can be around because they know that it's like an everyday choice to do that. So, And don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's going to be messed up moments that happen in our life. That's a given that I almost expect that to happen daily in my life, which is fine, but it's all about how we react when messed up things happen. Right. So like, what is my owl? I don't, I don't know if you snowboard or ski, but the concept behind that is like where your eyes go is, up oh see i that's i used to do ballet and that's what you also you look at one point in the wall when you want to do a turn and then you flip your head really fast and so that point in the wall is where you're going so so the same could be said for happiness misery right so the attitude is like if there's a moment in my life that's happening and i'm not comfortable with it does it define my life no am i gonna sit in it for more than the amount of time I need to allocate to it. No, right. I got to keep it moving for the sake of future me, right? Right. And you're going to be way happier later where you're like, wow, I'm really glad I didn't waste time dwelling on something that could have taken a few seconds. Feel happy, right? Right. And there's going to be moments where I don't feel happy. I don't feel inspired, right? So like what I do then is like make a quick list of like, what are the things that make me happy? And then doing that immediately. Right. Right. Not sitting and dwelling again. Like it, I think that can be the creative's downfall is waiting for that, you know, validation. But it's like, no, like get out there. Go outside. It's you. Right. Right. So wait, speaking of outside. So what inspired the Flipside podcast? Oh, we're switching it up a little bit. Well, yeah, I love it. Um, So what inspired this is obviously you know, in the last couple of years, we had this kind of shift of open conversation with each other to it being a very scared kind of energy upon asking tough questions or maybe even asking questions that are not that tough. And it was just, you know, everybody was kind of holding back from, I think, wanting to ask questions and say things to to one another. And so that was a little bit of the inspiration. But the main part is that I wanted people to feel comfortable asking questions that they think might be stupid because I think asking questions that we don't we don't know anything about can help us create like a whole new world sometimes or really like, you know, open that conversation to figure things out. And I feel like a lot of the times 
when people ask questions, some people can be like, oh, that's a stupid question or what are you talking about or whatever it is. And so I always like to to, you know, just say that I'm a safe space to come on and ask the questions because I don't know everything either. So why not figure it out together? I love that. You've had some of the coolest guests on your podcast. <laughs> you know, I try. Same with the right. milk room over here. Well, it's a it's a group effort. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, so you're like such an overachiever, right? Like every time I talk to you, you're working on something new. You're cooking something up. Um, we've been burning your candles exclusively at the milk room. I think I got one burning at the house. So I need to re-up on a candle. <laughs> So, like, seeing how you're, like, quick to pursue your passions or things that you're interested in, what's, like, a piece of advice you would give somebody who's, like, wow, like, how do I tap into my passion that I can monetize? Or how do I tap into something that I'm interested in, right? What's a piece of advice you'd give somebody? So, I think this is my favorite question because it's so funny how many times people come up to me and they're, like, I don't know what you do. Like, nobody knows what I do for work. They're always confused. I'm really speaking about my family right now. They have no idea. And I think it's because over the last couple of years, my best advice I could give anybody about anything is the word start. Just start doing whatever you have an idea about. Because I used to sit, especially in art school, I used to be the idea guy. Like, I'd have all the great ideas. But guess what ideas never came to fruition because I was just sitting there being like, wow, I have great ideas. Like nobody's picking this up. How can they not see how amazing this idea is? <laughs> I was like, no one's going to do it unless I start. So I also, I mean, it's probably not, uh, it maybe it's a part of this too, but I'm also just extremely competitive with myself and I like to see everything that I can accomplish. So if I have an idea that's doable, Again, just start like I might not be the best at it. And then that comes with a whole other, you know, set of checking your ego, because if you haven't started, why are you just afraid to fail or are you afraid to look stupid or whatever it is? So check your ego and just start because nobody really go. cares. <laughs> nobody really cares. And the universe is waiting for you to do something, right? Right. My favorite phrase is inspired action. There like you when you have that feeling where it's not just like a mundane action in life, but you're like, for some reason, I feel like I need to go down the street and like, look at that tree, you know, and then you you go over there and then something beautiful happens. You're like, weird, like, I don't know, inspired action. Like it's a feeling. And if you haven't felt it yet, like you'll understand it eventually, because I think everybody can inspired feel that. living. Ah, we'll take it one step forward. I like this. <laughs> well, the, well, you think about that where it's like, okay, if I'm going to choose to live any type of way, right? If I mm -hmm. stay inspired and I do things that inspire me. And like you said, if I start something, right. and then everything's going to pop off. But, but I think the universe loves the action of us starting and like creating molecules. Right. And I love your phrase that you love too, which is living life by design. So that's so important. Yeah. So what do you think living life by design looks like? So it means me being tuned in to what inspires me, what drives me, what assets I can bring to the universe that I can monetize. So that means continuous development, learning. So living life by design means 
Like I've tried the default. I've done the wake up part of a big corporation, clock in, clock out, live for Friday, turn up on Saturday. And mm. it's just not a fulfilling life. I'd rather work seven days a week. Right. No, and <laughs> he's not lying when he says that, but <laughs> But it's true because it it really I've done the corporate thing, too. And I remember just being like, wow, on my, you know, on my resume, my piece of paper, I have my dream job. And I was like, I don't feel fulfilled. This is really, really strange. And it is that living for the weekend, living to like go have a drink, which is so funny when you start working seven days a week. And then you're like, I don't even want to drink anymore. I don't even want to like go out to that place. Like it's a weird switch in your entire perspective of living so i like what you said living by design switch it to that yeah. it's yeah. a choice so wait on the on the on the world on the whole attitude of living by design what are like three must read books that you've gone through because i see your bookcase behind you and and you've got quite the eclectic book collection so what are three books that mean a lot to you okay so this could change every month but for now and I know we have this one in common because we've talked about it before, but I will say that everything did switch for me in perspective when I read The Alchemist, which a lot of people will say that. And so I think a lot of the times because it becomes this like, oh, you got to read The Alchemist, like some people kind of put it in that category of like, oh, everybody says that, like I'm going to detour around it. And I think everybody really should read it because it gives you that whole switch especially if you're in like a darker place in life or you feel like things aren't working out it gives you a perspective of like patience and and slow but steady work forward with like a beautiful message so like that's number one on the list number two I love Wayne Dyer I like I wish that like he could have adopted me I don't know like he's just such a sweet like he was such a sweet man and so his book wishes fulfilled was really really great too and that was just like a really beautiful read and it also kind of helps to um, shift your focus from I believe what I see to I or what is it Um, instead of waiting to see it to believe it you believe it to see it Mm. so I love that switch in my perspective and then my third one I mean, I could say Harry Potter because it's just a really good read and I I, I won't do that. Um, (laughs) My third book and I have it. Where is it? Behind me. Of course, I'm going to I put it somewhere else. Oh, well. Oh, there it is. Duh. Um. It's Think and Grow Rich, but it's the second one. It's not the the main one. Like everybody says Think and Grow Rich. I think I actually have it in the bedroom right now. Um, But it switches your perspective on money. So instead of like sitting there thinking that your life is revolving around money, like somehow making money work for you and all of the, the aspects. So again, living your life by design, when you're sitting there and you're enjoying what you do in your free time, money likes to be around you. Like it becomes its own little entity. And so I've got to get the the title of that in the bedroom. I meant to get that earlier. <laughs> like put it back in here. But yeah, anyway, a lot of just perspective shifting books. So that's where I would start if I were you. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm definitely gonna tap in with that. So what, what are commonly held disbelief that you disagree with? A commonly held disbelief or a common 
commonly held a commonly held belief that you passionately disagree with. Okay. That we have to settle to someone else's plan. So I think a lot of people, you know, they go into like, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah, that's going to be like a good setup. Like I see this conversation a lot with parents and kids, especially like kids or parents that are worried about their kids and of course want the best for them. So it's like, you can't be an artist because there's no salary to that. You know, this has been like a classic conversation for generations now. And it's like, we live in this time that it's so easy. What is, I think we actually talked about this too, where it's like now in our in our culture, more people want to be artists and influencers than they do doctors and, and lawyers and stuff. So it's actually like even switching even more than this. But my common, like my belief that I passionately disagree with is that you have to wait for someone else to tell you what your purpose is. Like God's not going to tell you what your purpose is. Nobody else is going to tell you what your purpose is. Like you define that purpose. And so when someone else says like, you're going to find it from some other source besides yourself, like, and yes, other things can help you, but that's not going to be the way that you find it. Like it's whatever you define. I like that. Yeah. It's your eye. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to hear too. So I want to hear when you, um, well, when you first started, working in entrepreneurship you were talking about like your earliest encounter one day and I want to see like how was that experience transformative to where your career is at now now like the tamales like how do you implement that kind of action in the milk room today or what you were doing before the milk room even so it all comes down to hard work okay and that's been like the common thread with projects of mine that I've involved myself with that have taken off. Whether um, prior to Milk Room, I had launched an entrepreneurship center in Westlake Village, Hub 101, it's a thriving entrepreneurial community. That took a lot of hard work. Um, I was managing acts prior to that. That took a lot of hard work. And and that's like the, what the common thing is, right? The hard work, like seeing the preparation that goes into the tamales before we even get out there to sell them. Right, And then carrying that through, knowing that everything I do is going to require hard work. And also, too, I bet that gives you a whole new perspective when you yourself are a consumer now. Right. Because you, you understand what goes into it, right? You understand what goes into the craft, especially when it comes to the world of like that independent creative, that person that, you know, that small shop like it just hits different coming from the tech world and going into like the brick and mortar space is completely different like mentally physically in the tech world like we're talking of millions of users in Mm -hmm. a small business like every person that walks through the door counts so it's neat when you're we're able to take the startup principles that rob and i know and implement them into a brick and mortar store and it ultimately becomes like create the experience i love it so you know i see vintage and luxury streetwear for those of you know people who don't know much else about milkroom you guys do you know sell clothes there as well as it being a community experience and so i want to know too like you know 
piggybacking off of the consumer thing we were just talking about, what do you look for in a vintage piece that, you know, what's really worth it that you want to put in your store? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm. So as like the official and official curator of Milk Room, what I look for in vintage pieces is a story. So recently we bought a hundred pound bale of time capsule vintage clothes from the middle of America. And it, it was really cool pulling out shirts and, and seeing like that local garage or that local Harley David de- Davidson dealership. Like every garment tells a story. And that's why I think I'm so I'm so in love with the vintage world is that you're able to time travel through garments. Can you recall so, right now? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you go off. Ahead, go on, go on, go on. I, I just want to know, have, can you recall right now, like one of the most favorite pieces you've ever come across? Oh my gosh. So most recently, so what ends up happening is like, I'll, I'll like wear a shirt. Like I, I own four shirts in my life, but because of the store, right? So what are some really cool shirts? So we had like, uh, Corn's first tour tee come through here. Um, some really cool insane clown posse tees come through here. I've got uh, a Matrix movie promo tee, plenty of vintage Harley Davidson tees. It's always nice to come across Jeff Hamilton jackets from the 80s and 90s. So our inventory here just ever flows. There's always a steady stream of inventory flowing through here. It's a blast. Right. right. So, there's, so there's not just one that really, like there's just too many to name. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah there's, if I had a, if I had to pick one, like, this shirt I'm wearing now is my favorite <laughs> shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you see Greg Metro in person, he's rocking the Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> shirt. It's a banger. It's a banger. Yeah. You got so to. I, I, so I've got my eye out. Like shirts I want to come across. Like I we I sold a Bada Bing shirt. I need to get my hands on another Bada Bing shirt. I need to get my hands on like the matrix. You can't go wrong with that. Just things that mean a lot. Right. Right. Things that we're, you know, we can all relate to even still right. today. So well, I want Harry Potter, Harry Potter's like some of the, the early stuff now is going into the vintage world. Right. It's like right. at that age now. Oh my God. No, it's so sad because when you like Harry, <laughs> When you read the books, like you find out Harry, Harry was born in 1980, <laughs> you know, you like go. he's not some new character. Like, so everything that happens in the books is like 1993 through or actually it's like 1991 through 1998. Like he's fighting Voldemort in 1998. <laughs> so people wow. think that like, yeah, so it goes back. And Wait, when know. did the movie come out? When when did the first movie or the books first come out? Right. So the first it actually might have been in a timeline. I know that the first movie came out in 2001. So they started working on it in like 99. So those promo tees. 
So yeah. those promo tees are just now vintage. Damn. Like they've hit that 20 year mark. You know what I'm saying? So right. Yeah. Keep an eye out for vintage Harry Potter tees. If anybody has one and they want to just give them away, we're here. Or sell them. DM me. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you can get so, it to flip and sell it to me. Right. I'll wear it like a couple times and then yeah. I'll give it to you. All right, cool. So I want to know too, like, well, let's go back a little bit to the entrepreneurship thing. So and let's talk about, you know, everybody's favorite thing these days to talk about is inflation and uh, the economy and how things are going. And I know that, you know, Milk Room was started in 2020, which was a tough time to get a retail store going, but you guys have survived. And so I want to know, like, in context of entrepreneurship and economic development, like, how do those correlate? And what would you say about, you know, how entrepreneurship can fuel all these different developing economies that we have because everybody's kind of worried about like where money can come from so they don't think that they can start their own business you know x y and z like where would you start to explain this to someone so to me like the gateway to like economic development is entrepreneurship and the reason being is communities want to support each other at the end of the day so our responsibility as creators as aspiring entrepreneurs is to bring that idea to life to create something that ends up employing people in your community because what ends up happening is you have these big companies that come into towns or all it takes is for that big company to leave that town and it creates a huge impact on that town so one thing that you would say too is like don't wait to get the job that you want from you know this big corporation it's like why not start and provide that opportunity for yourself that's in your heart because entrepreneurship is not for everybody like it's a hard hard world like if somebody was like i want to be an entrepreneur i'd be like don't do it (laughs) (laughs) and then if they did it i'd be like good job i believed in you the whole time right (laughs) like it's a part of the psyche right I think sometimes like what is I forgot what comic this is from or what storyline this is from probably a lot of different ones but it's like I didn't choose this life this life chose me there you, you go know? And, so, then, and then it goes to like just when I thought I was out I'd get sucked back in right damn <laughs> so like entrepreneurs it's not uncommon for an entrepreneur to go get a job yeah that's fine yeah you know and you end up coming back to the dark side <laughs> it's true you get because the life of the entrepreneur and that's why they always say like you know it used to be a bad thing if you had ADD as a kid but now it's like any entrepreneur is just like utilizing their superpower of ADHD and ADD to come up with ideas and and just keep it moving you can't be bored as an entrepreneur well great entrepreneurs build teams Ooh, explain that a little bit too well, you be, you're a conductor. So mm. your responsibility as an entrepreneur is to make sure that the horns sound right while the strings sound good. And then, oh, you've got the vocals coming in. And all this is happening at the same time. So there's never a dull moment if you're doing it right. Right. I like how you put that as a, it, it's a conductor. So like if somebody's starting an entrepreneur uh, 
you know, uh, starting a business or wanting to become an entrepreneur, like know that you can't do everything yourself, right? And you don't want to do everything yourself because that's <laughs> tough, right? So right. what you want to do as an entrepreneur is you want to create processes and systems that other people can do. Mm, so don't reinvent the wheel. Right. Love it. So it's Mary all success. these. Right. Right. So it's all these things that we kind of already know about, but we tend to get a little bit egotistical, whether it's an artist or entrepreneur or anything. And we want to kind of control the narrative. Like we want to do something so different, but start at a scalable place. Right. And then all those other things can come. That's it. And then tap into your local community. There's so many programs in every city that want to help small business owners or help people bring ideas to life. And I don't think a lot of people know that because I didn't know that. So DM me if, if you if you have an idea for a business and you're trying to pop something off, send me a DM. Could you put my Instagram link in the bio? Yeah, I got you. There we go. So just DM me and we'll get you connected. And you can DM him at Greg Metro, M-E-T-R-O. So don't hesitate to reach out. He mentors individuals on the side as well uh professionally and unprofessionally so like if you just have a question and want to pop by the milk room greg is that guy that can help you out so i mean i think that this is a really good starting place for everybody who wants to jump on this road like what do you think is there anything else that i missed that you know just from your perspective as somebody in this position in entrepreneurship uh what is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with before we sign off you know i want to leave your listeners with this identify somebody that mentors you identify somebody that runs alongside you and identify somebody that you mentor and watch how things get easier i love it i love it all right everybody so this was a little chat of a collaboration between the flip side and the milk room and today we had greg monarosa aka at greg metro you can call him Greg Metro, if you want. I'm sure he won't mind. But thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge in this space. It's been a blast to talk to you as usual. And we are going to sign off here on the flip side. So we'll catch you on the other side. Peace. Peace. There you go.